This is Weon, and you're listening to Gravitas Podcast, making sense of the news. Do you know what's the most important thing about leadership? Showing up, because that's half the job done. Leaders must be visible in times of crisis, and that's what Vladimir Putin did today. He showed up, not alone, but with the full might of the Russian army. Let me show you these pictures. This was Moscow's Red Square earlier today. Thousands of Russian soldiers were marching in formation. Cutting-edge weapons were paraded. Generals, ministers, spy masters, Russia's most powerful men were in attendance. Now, every Victory Day is special in Moscow. It marks Germany's surrender to the Soviet Union in 1945, basically the end of World War II. For Russians, today is all about sacrifices. They lost 27 million people during the war, more than any other country, 27 million. But history tends to forget those sacrifices. You hear more about Dunkirk or Normandy, but very little about Kursk or Stalingrad. In reality, the war was won on the Eastern Front. It was the Soviet army that captured Berlin. Victory Day celebrates that achievement. It's all about remembering the past. Well, usually it is, not today. Today was all about the present. You see, in the 1940s, Russia did not want war. It was forced upon them. But in 2022, places have been swapped. In today's war, Russia is the aggressor. And today's parade reflected that role reversal. It was all about projecting power. 11,000 soldiers, 131 weapons, 77 fighter jets. That's what Russia showcased at the parade today. It was a message to Ukraine and the West. Do not take us lightly. That's what Moscow was saying. And sending that message was this man, Russian President Vladimir Putin. He walked around the Red Square. He reviewed the parade. And then he addressed his people, as expected. The Putin we heard was combative. An absolutely unacceptable threat was created for us, and moreover, just next to our borders. Everything indicated that a clash with neo-Nazis, on whom the United States and its younger partners staked, was inevitable. I repeat, we saw how the military infrastructure was being developed, how hundreds of foreign advisors began to work. There were regular deliveries of most modern weapons from NATO countries. The danger grew every day. Russia has preemptively repulsed an aggression. It was a forced, timely, and the only correct decision. A couple of things to note here. Number one, wasn't Putin supposed to be struggling with his health? That's what every Western publication said. Remember, Putin has cancer, Putin has Parkinson's. Clearly, that doesn't appear to be the case. He was walking fine, he was speaking fine. So maybe all those Western reports were simply wrong. Number two. Putin keeps talking about neo-Nazis in Ukraine. It may be a stretch. But who exactly is he referring to? Perhaps these soldiers. They belong to the Azov Regiment. Right now, they're fighting alongside Ukraine's army. But their ideology is problematic. The Azov fighters are neo-Nazis. They use Nazi symbols, Nazi war cries, even Nazi war tactics. This regiment operates mostly in the East. There's no denying their ideology or their brutality. But how powerful are they? Reports say they have between 900 and 2,500 members. Strong, but not strong enough to influence the rulers in Kiev. So Putin's remarks are true about the neo-Nazis, but they're also an exaggeration. Point number three to note. What was the big takeaway from today's parade? 
that Putin is not stepping back. He wants a military victory in the East, and to do that, he needs the West to stay away, to stop sending weapons. And what's the best way to warn your rivals? Either you test a powerful weapon, or you flaunt them in a parade. The question is, did Ukraine get the message? Well, President Zelensky too released a video today, very different from Putin's. No big parades, no lethal weapons. This was a classic walk and talk. You can see Zelensky casually strolling through the empty roads of Kiev, but his message was far from casual. Very soon, there will be two victory days in Ukraine, and someone will not have even one left. We won then, we will win now too. And Kreschatik Street will see the parade of victory, the victory of Ukraine. Congratulations on the victory day over Nazism. Glory to Ukraine. Notice how the end game has changed. First it was survival, then it was a negotiated settlement, and now Zelensky is talking about victory. Where does this confidence come from? His army did repel the attack on Kiev, but a bigger attack is unfolding in the east. And repelling that is not going to be easy. Zelensky needs to be 100% focused on that battle, which raises another question. How does he have time for all of these video shoots? Has Zelensky just become the mascot for this war? Or is he still the commander-in-chief? Sure, the information war is important, but retweets don't win you wars. Tactics do. And what exactly is Zelensky's tactic here? He's clearly feeling more confident. The question is why. One reason could be the American support. Just like Zelensky, Biden too has changed strategy, remember? In February, the White House said Kiev falling was a real possibility. By April, the Pentagon was talking about victory. Listen to this. That Kiev falling is a real possibility, and we've continued to see uh, Russia's uh, progression, uh, even as we've seen uh, resistance on the ground. They believe that we can win. We believe that they, we can win, they can win if they have the right uh, equipment, the right support. And we're going to do everything we can. And that's what America is doing, flooding Ukraine with more and more weapons. So naturally, Ukraine feels emboldened. But what is Joe Biden's endgame here? He wants to use this war to weaken Russia, to deplete their arsenal, to isolate their economy. And so far, he's succeeded. Russia has been engaged in this battlefield for more than 70 days now. They've lost warships, dozens of tanks, not to mention thousands of soldiers that Putin does not want to talk about. Technically, Russia can still salvage this. They could stop with the conquest of Don Donbass. But at what cost? By then, Russia will be reduced to a middle power. So it's a lose-lose game for Vladimir Putin and also for Europe if they're not careful. And this is very interesting. Before this war, Europe was looking for strategic autonomy. They'd had enough of U.S. hegemony. They wanted to decide their own future. They were even talking about a European army. Now, this war changes a lot of those calculations. Dealing with Russia is not an option anymore. Neither is dealing with China. So Europe has been boxed in. They must rely on the United States of America. Just think about this. Germany is planning to spend $1 billion on defense. Where do you think all that money will go? To American defense contractors. So this war has done the U.S. a favor because their influence was waning in Europe because the NATO was becoming obsolete. Well, not anymore. Now you have Sweden and Finland considering NATO membership, applying for it, possibly. Such geopolitical plays are not new. Think back to the Vietnam War or the Soviet war in Afghanistan. Big powers fighting proxy wars to weaken their rivals is not new. 
but also remember what those power plays did to Vietnam, what they did to Afghanistan. Russia's Victory Day was a warning against that sort of thing, against expansionism, against big power rivalries. But here's what we say. Both Putin and Biden would do well to study those days of the World War. 50 million people died for needless political ambitions. More than seven decades later, it seems little has changed.